2: Welcome home. I'm Kirsten.
0: And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the Home at
2: class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms who've been real-life best friends for more than two decades. We're trying to create gracious homes that are welcoming, but also functional, all while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children.
0: Stick with us, and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home. On today's episode of Welcome Home, we're chatting with nutrition and fitness expert to the stars, Laura Heikela of the Ageless Women's Society. Today's episode is packed with tips and tricks on combating the never ending effects of aging, plus ways we can all live a healthier lifestyle without too much sacrifice.
2: Plus, why sugar is the new Alestra, why your doctors seem to be guarding hormone panels with their lives, and why the R word might now be a new naughty word for women over 40. All that and more on this week's episode of
0: Welcome Home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. This is a fun, lovely episode. I love talking to Laura.
2: You know, fun and lovely are not the two adjectives I would have used. I would have used informative Okay. and encouraging.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't like deputy downer. Sometimes I leave after, you know, I'll read something on health and fitness or whatever. And I'm like, this is not applicable. This sounds stupid. This is never going to work into my life. She was pretty, uh, she was just a very, um, moderate, but also thoughtful guest where I actually took some, actually took some takeaways away.
2: Yeah, and this isn't what – some of our episodes provide you with very little useful information and we just laugh a lot. This one we didn't laugh as much, but I actually found it to be quite useful. So you might learn something on this one. And considering no one learned anything last week with our dads, um, let's give these people people something for their time. Um, By the way, I've gotten some messages. There's been a request for our dads to start their own podcast. What do we think?
0: Uh, If they would be funny and learn how to properly speak into a microphone, maybe we could do it.
2: Well, the fact that your dad doesn't do Zoom and my dad still calls it the Google might be might be problemsome.
0: <laughs> well, I really enjoyed today. So you had the idea for today's episode. Basically, it was just, hey, what's the deal? Here we are. We're over 40, which is a little bit depressing I guess but at the same point in time empowering um but Laura Heikela is she is I mean if you look at her she is ripped like model level ripped and I think she said she said she's 54 years old um and she's basically her tagline on her site is helping women over 40 transform their bodies and she, she reminds me model- of like
2: what I look like in a bikini but I just don't you know I just don't <laughs> it on the internet. but it's same 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 um yeah, yeah. No, well, what I like about it is here's the deal is and we kind of touched on this is like what used to work no Mm -hmm. longer works. And it's Mm -hmm. like you have to learn a whole new body. And so I think if you I think women get a lot of times very frustrated by their bodies around this age. And -hmm. I think the reason for that and obviously like. Can we do all the disclaimers on like body acceptance and all of that stuff? Because I feel like that's just a given, you know, like there is aging gracefully and there is all of that. But there is this frustration that women experience because it's like all of a sudden you have all these new challenges or your old techniques no longer work.
0: And yeah, it's like the what the what scenario. They tell us, you know, how to have babies. They teach us, you know, what it's like to go through puberty. But then then it's just like, well, you're on your own. Have fun with that. Um, And so it's, you know, it's nice every now and then to have. That's a
2: very good point. The principal at my kids schools just sent us these videos for rising middle schoolers and their sex ed videos about puberty. And there's a boy version and a girl version. And I swear there's still, if you think like, oh, I wonder what's changed. Nothing has changed. It's the same video we watched. They're definitely wearing 80s clothes, driving 80s cars. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. But you're right. When is someone going to mail me my 80s video about my changing body?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Who's taking care of us? No one. Kirsten and Graham of Welcome Home are trying to take care of us. And so um, Laura's Instagram page, if you want to follow her, is so underscore this underscore is underscore 50. Um, it's definitely worth, I think, if you're going to listen to the episode, getting a visual as well so you know what you're dealing with. Um, I think it's pretty, she's um, pretty ripped. But yeah. anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah, again, exact same, same. Just imagine my face on
0: her body. It's a little same. Yeah. Them was, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, enjoy the episode, and welcome, Laura. Welcome home, Laura Heikala. We are so excited to have you on the show today. If you don't mind, um, I'll tell you a little background of where I am. Is young forties. I'm a young forty, and I think I grew up in the um, in the what eighties and nineties, where. That free food was crazy and everything's been turned on its head and you are a, you have a fabulous physique, amazing body, um, super duper in shape, but it seems like everything has just turned topsy turvy and I haven't kept up with it. And so I'm hoping you can just kind of back us up for our listeners who are in their forties, fifties, sixties, and just let us know how the game has changed, how the, um, you know, just the metrics have changed. Kind of give us a little background.
2: Well, Laura, just confirm okay. what we all want to know. It's, we should be looking for fat-free frozen yogurt with lots of gummy bears because there's no fat in that. And then also we should have snack well cookies. That's what we're supposed to do. Is that right? Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not anymore. So yeah, those days are over. And I think we're learning a lot more these days about, really what true, you know, um, good health is and what we need to do to actually lose weight has nothing to do with eating fat free food. So those days, though.
2: So what do you we remember need Alestra, do? Laura? Do you remember that you guys, where it was the Doritos? I remember that. I
1: remember, didn't that like have people in the bathroom like all day long? Yeah, it,
2: it totally <laughs> caused massive <laughs> diarrhea, but everyone's like, I can exactly. do this all day. <laughs> oh my exactly. exactly.
1: Okay, we've got some
2: serious trends as a culture, haven't we? Okay, mm-hmm. but we're not, we don't want to talk about trends. And you and I mentioned just before we started, you're really here to talk about lifestyle change and to talk about science. Um, and not these quick fixes that are just so appealing, but usually end up being proven wrong once the marketing right. done.
1: exactly exactly. Gotcha. So yeah, I've been through you know all of those things too. I mean, I I was born in that late '60s, and um, so you know I went through that that whole phase. But and I really you know what I thought I knew about good health, I really didn't realize until really more into my 40s that it was, it was all wrong. And when I started having kind of issues myself in my 40s, you know, I thought I was pretty healthy. And then all of a sudden, like, I woke up one day, and I'm like, like, crap, what's happening to my body? And what's going on here? And I I was starting to have all these just strange, I realized later were hormonal symptoms. But, you know, I just thought I was having like some kind of mental breakdown or something. I was like, I got to figure out what's going on here. And that's kind of where I started to dive really deep into like what happens to women's bodies, you know, in their 40s and what happens when you're in perimenopause and, and menopause and really perimenopause can start like as late or as early as your late 30s. So also tell us what, what is right in, in that. <laughs> well, so, okay, yeah, so things-
2: menopause, let's define that first box. I think that's really important because menopause was something that happens to old ladies, not to us. And then all of a sudden, okay, well, let me backtrack. Graham and I have this wonderful expression that has kind of become a life mantra for us, which is mm-hmm. "Did Talbots get cuter or did we get older? So I don't know whether hormones has become <laughs> a buzzword, or this is because what you're realizing is perimenopause happens much sooner than you think, and hormones become a factor much sooner than you think.
1: Or is exactly. it probably a
2: combination of both? Right? It's probably no. I mean, more- no. It's
1: yeah. It's totally true. I mean, you can start feeling those symptoms of you know perimenopause, like I said, it in your you know late 30s, and really not really even realize that. That's actually what it is, because you think, "Oh no, I'm too young. This, you know, this can't be. You know, that I'm entering menopause. Perimenopause can last up to like ten years, and so you can actually, you know, start feeling those symptoms. And so, perimenopause is that time before menopause, and it's really like a time of so much fluctuation of our hormones. And that's why during that time, women will start to almost feel like they're kind of going a little nuts, though, you know, they can, you know, suffer from anxiety, depression, Um, your sleep starts to, you know, suffer, Um, you start to see like the scale going up, You can't figure out why you can just, you know, burst out into tears at any, you know, any moment. So there's so many different things that come along with those changing, you know, fluctuations of your hormones.
2: So just so to recap, symptoms would be depression, anxiety, um, sleeplessness, unexplained mm. weight gain.
1: Yeah. Brain, brain fog, um, loss of libido. Um, that's just, there's so many things out there that like are unexplained, like you can't, you know, you're like, I don't understand why I'm feeling like this, but can definitely be contributed to your, to your hormones. Okay. Okay. So what do we do? Well, the best thing to do is to be proactive about it and to, you know, before you get to that point where you're sometimes just so like, you know, so miserable. So, um, you know, the biggest thing is lifestyle changes. You know, there's, you know, there's just that there's things that definitely have an impact on our hormones and starting to make those changes early on makes a big difference in what your perimenopause and menopause looks like. So if you don't make those changes, you're, you're almost guaranteed that you're going to have, you know, struggle more through that, through this time.
0: What, what are those changes?
1: So um, nutritionally your nutrition makes a big um, has a big impact on your hormones. So, you know, the first thing I would tell somebody is to, Really look at you know the amount of processed food you're eating. Processed food has a big impact on your hormones. So really trying to like limit the amount of processed food you eat. Um, you know, add a lot more good whole foods into your diet. That would be the first place that I would start. Mm-hmm. Then, it's of course- funny
2: because I just want to stop on the processed food thing because I feel like the biggest thing about this change of like I don't want to say change of life. That sounds like a Pamphlet in your doctor's office, but yeah, this exactly. <laughs> like got all yucky. Um, this but you transition. know, what I mean? but as, this transition as we grow older, um, is that like that would have been my go to, right? It would have been like, oh, I'm just gonna do bars because or like prepackaged meals because look, I can count the calories, I can count the points, right. and, 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 it's, and it,
1: it's simple and yeah, it's
2: simple, it's easy, it's fast. And by the way, it worked. And so, like, I want to mm-hmm. say my health is my most important thing, but like, I also, you know, I am for better or for worse, I, you know, like I'm kind of conditioned by the society to still care and still want to be slimmer and stuff and whatever. So, you know, like I would have probably sacrificed my health if it meant, look, I can look great and have it be easy. And sure, it's better to do the vegetables, but I don't have the time. But the problem is it doesn't work anymore. Like that's that's
1: exactly it. It works maybe short term, but it's not a long-term solution. No. And so- And it has, you know, those type of like bars and those, you know, the, you know, processed foods or the, you know, pre-made meals or things like that. They have so much um, ingredients in it that are very high, highly inflammatory to our body. And it's that inflammation that leads to everything pretty much that can go wrong in your body, including, you know, your, your hormones getting out of balance but also more severe things, you know, disease and cancer and, you know, um, and things like that. So, you know, for short-term results, we have to think about what's the long-term effect of that. Totally.
2: Totally. And like all of a sudden these words that, you know, didn't used to mean anything, like, like, let's just be honest. I I was in a fortunate position to say like, oh, I'm not that worried about my health. I'm more worried about my appearance because I was young. And I had good now. It's like, oh, exactly. I actually care about, now I am in a higher yeah. category for all these things. So it does. I do care about my health more as well. So, OK, so we're done with the processed foods. Say goodbye. That stage of life is over is what you're telling us.
1: Right. And I'm I'm not saying that you can't ever, ever have it, because obviously, you know, life's about balance. Right. And you have to, you know, occasionally allow yourself a Snickers bar or something. But, you know, in general, like most of the time, you know, I always like tell my clients, like, Let's at least 80% of the time try to do the right things, you know, so that the other 20% of the time that maybe we're not, um, it's, you know, it's not going to make so much of a difference. Mm-hmm.
0: What are the big no-nos if we drink? So processed food, is it, I mean, is it kind of the basics that we know, right? Like, should we be pounding nuts and avocados, right. drinking seven gallons of water? Well, no, I mean,
1: food? even, you know, you know, even nuts and avocados, everything in balance, too much mm-hmm. of that are very highly high in fat, right? Yes. So. You you know, everything has to be, have that right, you know, form of balance. So, you know, the big no-nos, you really want to watch like those really inflammatory oils. Um, So those like vegetable oils, like canola, soybean, um, those type of things that that tend to be in a lot of processed foods. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you want to stick to the good oils, um, your avocado, your olive oil, your coconut oil, sugar. Sugar is probably one of the, you know, things that affects our hormones um, and our inflammation levels in our body the most. So those are like two really good places to start, you know, to start. So that does cut out a lot of the processed food because most of them have those type of oils and a lot of it has, you know, sugar.
0: Okay. Help me with that. Cause like I, we know uh-huh. that everyone's heard don't eat sugar, but I could actually use your advice as a trainer and um, someone who's really, I I am a sugar gal, right? Like I'm the one who enjoys, I'll eat you know, whole wheat toast and an egg for breakfast, but I like a little small cup of orange juice to go with it, which I know is like the worst thing you could do. How do I, how do I actually cut out sugar without being crazy? Cause my body starts to, like, I can go maybe half a day and then my body is like, just have a small piece of, you know, even dark chocolate or whatever, but there's gotta be a way to ease your body into that. Like, what do I need to do? Yeah.
1: And I don't know that you necessarily like need to, again, it comes to balance, you know? So, um, I don't know that you necessarily did cut out sugar altogether, but you go towards the things that are, you know, a healthier form of sugar. So more natural, you know, so probably instead of juice, I would maybe have a piece of fruit just because juice is just like goes, Mm -hmm. it's like straight sugar, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would maybe have a piece of fruit because it has fiber in it. So there's, you know, the benefits to having that, Um, you know, like I teach my clients how to make healthy treats that are made, which is better whole food ingredients, right? Instead of going and buying a bag of Oreos, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, why don't you make your own chocolate chip cookies, but we use, you know, we use better ingredients. We'll use like coconut sugar. Um, We'll use, you know, almond flour and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nut butters and, you know, and things like that, that are whole food ingredients, you know what they are. And then Mm -hmm. your body is going to respond better to them because your body knows what it is too.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. So just kind so of no slowly do
1: yeah. yeah. And no need to, to absolutely 100% cut it out. It's just, you know, make better, you know, make better choices. Obviously, even if you make a batch of healthy cookies, you can't sit there and eat the whole batch, you know, you, mm-hmm. you need to, you know, still have balance in what you're doing. But eating. I'm just
0: wondering what would happen. Cause I'm probably a pretty good test case, right? I definitely have sugar in well, every single day. I'm a, I wonder what would happen to my body if I could just break it for three days, something like that. Oh Yeah. Like,
1: You would lose the craving actually. It's the the first three days would be like hell for you. Honestly, you would, you know, you would you'd have withdrawal symptoms. Like you'd have headaches and almost flu like symptoms and and things like that because like sugar is a drug. And so and so it's um I say in the sense that your body, like, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think I'd be okay, right? Isn't it quite exactly? Exactly. Exactly. So you, you know, you get addicted to it and then it's, you, you know, you have to get yourself off of it. So some people do cold turkey and some people just start to like do less and less and less. I mean, obviously if you go slower, it's, you're not going to have as, you know, difficult of withdrawal symptoms, but um, you know, I do have a lot of clients that they, that I work with and they're like, Nope, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm going to cut it out. And they, they know I, you know, they're going to, feel that for the first few days, but honestly, usually by day four, it's like, Oh my gosh, now I feel so much better. I'm not craving it. I have so much energy. My mind feels clear. Like my joints aren't hurting anymore. So there's, you know, if you can get past that point, Okay. That's when, you know, you truly can really start to feel really, you know, really well. No,
0: you've inspired me. I'm actually think I'm going to try it because I don't think I've ever been able to do it. I've never done it. Cause it's a very strong, sh- I have a very strong sugar craving. I mean, it's not like I'm pounding cake all day, but I just right. definitely like, I'm the person who will eat lunch and have like a little piece of, um, you know, something sweet after afterwards. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because my body is used to having
1: that. 100%. It is. It's, it's ha- part of its habit. And actually, the other part of it is people actually don't eat like complete meals. And so, mm-hmm. when I say complete meals, like your meal has to have, you know, some good protein in it, um, a lot of fiber in it, mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of healthy fat, eat fat, some good complex carbs. When you have all of those things, you tend to feel more satisfied when your meal mm-hmm. is over that you don't have those cravings, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of like, Oh, I feel full, I feel satisfied. But when your body doesn't feel satisfied, it always wants to go towards that sugar. Mm
0: hmm. Is that bread? this? I'm asking simple, old-fashioned questions, but does that uh-huh. mean like a, a bread as well with your food? Like I, I probably also have like a roll or sandwich. Is that? Is there sugar in that as well? I mean, I know there is. A well, lot of that, it's, but... it
1: basically, you know, all like type of like flowers like that. White flowers basically turn to sugar, so okay. kind of the, see. That's know, where I always get
0: of... confused. Like because I know that it's probably not a good idea to grab a handful of gummy bears, but then at the same point, in time, I'm like, seriously? Well, what's wrong with the you know two slices yeah. of bread um, on the sandwich? Then I feel like yeah. I mean,
1: there's a lot of insulin issues that have to, I mean, I could do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> there's a lot of insulin issues with, you know, eating like that, you know, grabbing sugar, grabbing a handful of gummy bears, you know, they here or there or having, you know, um, highly processed carbohydrates like that. It, mm-hmm. it causes an insulin response and, you know, that can therefore over time lead to insulin resistance which therefore can lead to some, you know, major weight gain and other, mm-hmm. and other issues. So, mm-hmm. so there are reasons, other reasons besides just, you know, um, mm-hmm. weight gain or things like that, not to like always go be grabbing those type of things all day long.
2: No, I, I actually wore, so it was called levels was the name of the brand I use. Um, and I, I wore a glucose monitor for like a month. I did this maybe like a year ago. And Uh by the end of the month, I was like, oh, okay. so here's what I've learned. Like, you just shouldn't. No one should just eat bread. (laughs) Like, it was so it was very obvious, Graham. I don't know if I told you about Mm -hmm. my experience, but like I would just because I'm the queen of pretzels. Like, I love a pretzel Uh, um, or just I love a crunch, you know. So I found that I would go into the pantry and I would just have like a handful of crunchies, you know, or when and when I say crunchies, I mean anything that would crunch like pretzels or crackers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah, you, it's like your body's like no, 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 stop, stop. And you, the, if you went and exercised right afterwards, you'd be fine. Or if you went for even just a right. walk, it would it would settle down. But you're really realizing it just kind of changed the way I looked at that habit because it was very much like oh no, my body is telling me this is fuel. She must want to go for a jog. And it's exactly. like, oh no, no, I didn't. I just wanted crunchy sound in my mouth, you know. So okay. Like, so what yeah. about
0: potato chips? Because I'm a, I love potato. It sounds like I eat terribly. Actually, I eat, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. actually, you haven't met me or seen me. I'm, I'm relatively slender, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you kind of have the same problem my husband does, which people who don't gain weight as easily, I feel like, kind of sneak by with not being quite as healthy because it doesn't show up as quickly.
1: <laughs> so no, no, yeah, that's because you're. I did you say you're 42?
0: Yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
1: yeah it'll hit you probably a little bit later if you don't make the changes. I you know, I could get away with eating anything before. And then I hit about like 45 and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, what the hell has happened? Like, you know. Right, right. So it, does, well, it always it made me sad. Up with My mom afterwards. told
0: me, yeah, my mom at one point told me she was like, yeah, it's really sad, but you know, she was like 60 in her 60s. She goes, "Really, if I don't want to gain weight, I can only eat like half a sandwich or like a quarter of a sandwich." So it was something very small. And again, she's a very normal person. She has a relatively, right. she has a very normal look on food. Like she eats Snickers, she goes to burger. I mean, she, you know, I mean maybe that's not normal, Laura, <laughs> for your yeah. but she doesn't have issues with food. She was just saying it was very matter of fact. Yeah. She just said like, "Here's the deal." Um it, at 65, if I want to keep yeah. where I am, I, like, it's a, it's a it,
1: bird esque amount of food. It shouldn't have to be that way. I mean, okay. I, if you saw how much I ate in a day, like most people, I, I cannot out eat a lot of guys. And so <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. It's just okay. that there are things that happen to our body as we are aging. And one of the things is, um, we, our metabolism starts to slow for several different reasons. Okay, so we're losing estrogen. um, But one of the big things is we're losing muscle. And Mm -hmm. so as you lose muscle, your, um, your metabolism starts to slow down. Mm -hmm. But if you are doing things to, um, you know, keep that muscle on, maintain that muscle or, or continue to build muscle, then your metabolism is, you know, is going to, they'll be working well into your, you know, into your fifties and sixties. So also I think what has happened to a lot of women is most women. I mean, we've always been taught to just like diet, 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 right. Restrict your calories. You can't, you know, you can only eat 1200 calories a day or all these different things. You know, women are just constantly on a diet. They're on a diet, mm-hmm. then off, and they're on a diet and then off. Well, all of that starts to really mess with your metabolism also. Mm-hmm.
0: And so mm-hmm.
1: you can slow your own metabolism down, Whereas I'm, you know, for myself and what I teach my clients is like, let's learn how to keep our metabolism firing. So we don't have to just eat, you know, half a sandwich a day. We can still continue to, you know, eat um, and, right. and, you know, and enjoy ourselves and have the strength to, to work out and the energy and all of that to do that. So it doesn't have to happen, but it definitely can happen if you're, you know, if you allow it to.
2: Okay, we've got two sponsors to tell you about today. Our first is Egyptian cotton T-shirts. So, what are Egyptian cotton T-shirts? They are made from one hundred percent authentic Egyptian cotton, certified with a gold seal from the from the Cotton Egypt Association. So, I feel like a job. Egyptian cotton is a term that gets thrown around. It's not just like a term. People don't understand egyptian cotton can only come from this association um these shirts are kind to the earth they're organic gots certified and they're incredibly durable the best part about these is that they're made with ethical practices these um this company is supportive to economically disadvantaged people when you go on their website egyptiancotton t-shirts.com and the t-shirt is spelled t s-h-i-r-t-s no not like t-e-e it's t-shirts t-s-h-r-t-s egyptian cotton t-shirts.com um you can learn all about what they do for their employees and it's just really really special and um and just really wonderful so go ahead when you go to that website you're going to want to use the coupon code welcome home that's all caps welcome home one word and you're going to save 20 percent. again these are 100 combed egyptian cotton shirts they're pre-shrunk um super comfortable guys these feel like butter on your skin and they're like I call them my Zoom pants is what I call them because it's like, I can just wear the, oh yes, because duh, they also have pants. It's amazing. The pants are also pre shrunk. They have a pocket. It's, they've got men's, they've got women's. It's great. And it's perfect for working at home when you just kind of want to feel cozy and comfortable. So um, again, please check them out to do some really wonderful things in the world and find yourself a super comfortable, buttery, soft shirt or
0: pants. Thank you, Egyptian cotton t-shirts. And our other sponsor to tell you about is cool. This is our first ever app and it's actually been really fun. I've enjoyed playing it and I'm not surprised, but it's called Traffic Puzzle and that's T-R-A-F-F-I-C-P-U-Z-Z-L-E. And you don't have to purchase it. It's just something you can play. Um, you can find it on Google Play or in the App Store. And basically it's training your brain with Traffic Puzzle. What it is, is Traffic Puzzle features adorable little characters. They're different challenging puzzles. You can kind of prepare to pick up your brain to remove cars and obstacles from the levels in a most efficient way. It's a match-three revolution. Basically what you're doing is you're like moving little cars around to free up an ambulance. It's really fun. The police need your help. Um, and evil forces made a massive mess on the street streets, and there's only one person who can clear them. That's you. Install it now and try something new and fresh. You can play Traffic Puzzle on any mobile device, and it's completely free. Play Traffic Puzzle and train your brain on challenging different levels. So give it a try if you're looking for a fun new app, and we think you'll enjoy it. Thank you, Traffic Puzzle. Okay, so
2: let's talk about that. I feel like your big thing is like, do not be afraid
1: of weights right that's my biggest thing that's probably one of the biggest things i learned like through my 40s like you know i i started exercising about i didn't ever even really exercise that much until i had my daughter at like 35 and Mm -hmm. then i was like oh you know i i i actually kind of need to do something now to get back into shape i wasn't just like naturally you know i'd always been like naturally thin but i was i was like i need to kind of start doing something now so I started working out when I was like 35, but you know, I would do like step classes and do all these, you know, I ran a lot and did, you know, things like that. What I started to really realize in my, you know, mid forties was that, um, you know, running and classes like that, that wasn't really helping my body composition. Yeah. It was maybe keeping my weight down, but then you're just kind of that like term skinny fat, you know, you, you, you're, you're thin, but you just really have no, you know, shape to your body and really body, you know, good body composition. So I, and I lifted weights a little bit, but I never lifted really that heavy. As I've gotten older, I have actually started lifting heavier and heavier. And I really have seen my body composition improve, which, you know, to think back and think, oh, wow, I actually, my body actually looks better now at 54 than it did at 45. You know that shows that it's never too late. You're you never too old, you know, to get started into weight training. And because of that, like again, like I said, I haven't had to diet. I, you know, I feel like I can eat a good amount of food as long as I'm eating the right type of food. Right. No, that's very
0: optimistic. I like everything you're saying. And if everyone hasn't seen, you need to Google. Do you have an Instagram account, Laura? Yeah, my Instagram. Yeah,
1: my my Instagram account. (laughs) Thanks. My Instagram account is it's at. So this is 50. It's kind of, it's at. So underscore this underscore is underscore five zero. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Cause you're pretty jacked. Um, but but I will say I'm scared of weights and I will, and I know that sounds terrible. I'm saying all the things you don't want to hear, but the reason I'm scared of weights is because I think, I think we're Kirsten, uh, we talked about to you about that before this is, um, you know, we're best friends, so we can say whatever we want. She is always awesome because she's trying new things, but I feel like she does mess with her metabolism sometimes because she does like all these crazy things to her body. And it's just like up and down and all around where, and I'm probably your skinny fat girl where, uh, like you're saying where I don't really mess with my, I don't really do stuff like that. However, I think I can probably still eat, you know, 2000 calories a day, you know, cause I haven't messed around with my metabolism as right. much. Um, but I am scared of weights because what I have noticed is that I almost think about weights like a crash diet is I get really excited. And I say to myself, I'm going to go, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to do this. And I build muscle relatively quickly, which sounds delightful and lovely. However, what I've noticed, especially with my arms is that I'll go, I'll lift weights. They'll start looking good. But then if I don't keep it up all the time, it'll just turn to flab and fat which I know you're yeah, probably I like, really- duh, well, keep lifting <laughs> weights, you stupid. Right, t-cos. exactly.
1: But I mean, consistency, obviously, you, you can't do anything right. just a short period of time and expect right. to maintain your results, right? So yeah, consistency right. is the biggest thing. And I right. think really after a while, and I, you know, I know for a lot of people like getting started with weights, they're either there's the fear, like, I don't know what to do. So you feel uncomfortable going into the gym, um, you know, or you think you're going to get bulky, but it's really, really actually difficult for women to get pretty bulky. Cause I, like I said, I look, you know, pretty happy. And if you go look at my pictures, I, you know, I'm not bulky, I eat a good, uh, you know, mm-hmm. amount of, you know, food, you women, you would have to really, really, really overeat to be able to get really bulky and mm-hmm. working out. Um, but I think most people just don't know where to get started. Mm-hmm. And so, know, sometimes like, you know, hiring a professional um, to, you know, kind of show you around the gym or doing like a program like mine where there's, you know, instructional videos or, you know, things like that is, you know, can definitely help. But I, to me, like, it's almost addictive now where I just, I enjoy that feeling so much when it's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I I feel good. I feel strong. And I, and because I love that feeling so much, I don't want and, and because I've seen the results that you can get from it, it's like I don't want to give it up now. absolutely.
0: hundred
2: yeah, I no. want to ask because I've also heard, and this might just be like a myth I heard, so tell me if I'm spreading false information here, but mm-hmm. isn't there also something about how um weightlifting unlike because yes, you can get work you can get orphan from going to a step class or from jogging, but that weightlifting does something to your brain that's different like it it regenerates your brain or something along those lines. There's some other benefit. Does that, does that sound for you or
0: my
1: No, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, I mean, you know, any type of, you know, exercise is going to produce, you know, endorphins and any type of exercise, you know, is going to help with like our bone density and um, you know, just any, you know, just our whole state of mind. It's also good. But I would say the one thing with like weightlifting is it's probably maybe more of a stress reliever, which all of us need to work on stress and relieving stress, whereas some other type of workouts can actually produce more stress in the body. And, you know, and that therefore isn't like that great for our, you know, our overall health and and hormones. So we definitely in our 40s need to be careful of like what type of exercise we're doing.
0: Well, that's a question for you because as I've I've noticed as well, my Body feels a little like, for example, I was doing boxing for a while and I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. It was the hardest workout I've ever done, but it was devastating. Like my lower back was hurting. It really Mm -hmm. was ripping it was really hurting my body. What is your balance? Like what kind of cardio are you doing? Are you doing like Pilates and weightlifting, or are you doing, are you running two miles and then you
2: you, wait? While I want to piggyback on Grand's question too, I want you to answer it, but I also like Mm -hmm. do talk about the running because I think that's like for some people, a, a big part of life and identity right. and the get out of jail free card for maybe bad behavior. Yeah. So let's talk mm-hmm. about what exercises yeah, are bad, things are bad. Okay. and let's talk about the R word.
1: Okay. So i um, running. So I used to be a big runner. I, you know, up until, like I said, about my mid forties, I would, you know, I would run multiple times a week. I've done like half marathons that, you know, trained for, you know, different races and things like that. And, um, what I found was there's several things that happen when people do long distance running, you know, so you're running, you know, five miles a day, or, you know, you're training for marathons or things like that. As we get older, our body's response to that is not so great because the, that long cardio can produce a lot of cortisol. And if you don't know what cortisol is, it's like, it's the stress hormone too much cortisol produces a lot of, um, storage of belly fat. And so what women will come to me a lot, you know, and they'll be like, I don't understand. I run, you know, three times a week or five times, you know, whatever. And I'm gaining weight and, you know, and I explain to them exactly what's happening, you know, hormonally, our bodies just don't like it that much at, you know, in, in our, in our forties and beyond. So, wow.
0: uh, I never knew
1: that. Yeah. So running, it also does, it, it also When you have too much cortisol going um, on in your body, it also just starts to deplete a lot of our other hormones, our progesterone and women start to have a lot of issues then with, you know, um, with their hormones because of the fact that they're just, they're over, you know, they're overdoing it with the, with the long cardio. So I kind of gave up those long runs when I realized that, because I, I, I really did go through a time when I was about, you know, in my 47 or something like that, where my hormones just like took a crash and I had to figure out what was going on and what all the things I was doing, you know, wrong. And so I pretty much gave up running. If I do run, it's like sprints. I'll do. So for my cardio, I kind of keep my cardio down to under 30 minutes so that I'm not producing a lot of that stress hormone. And I do more like a hit cardio, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. the so 30 seconds of, you know. Like I like to do like jump rope or something like that. And I'll do 30 seconds and then I'll rest 30 seconds, go 30 seconds, rest 30 seconds. And I'll do that for like 20 to 30 minutes. And that's about the extent of my, of my cardio that I do, you know, a lot. That's nice.
0: That weight. breaks it down because I mean, I'm still in the, I feel like I'm in the nineties fat free stage where, um, I like will literally think I need to do 45 minutes on the treadmill. That's mad. And I hate it. Cause it's like, I, I don't even, I don't have that much time in my day. I'm busy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I like, I like the quick things. They're effective. And so, you know, they, you know, you get in there, you do that hit workout, um, and, or that hit cardio, and then it really helps to kind of boost your metabolism for, you know, the, the rest of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and is going that kind back, of a hard and fast rule? Like, is because I can, I can just hear people saying, but
1: I'm a runner, Oh, I know. I get people tell me that all the time. It's like, if I make a post on Instagram about like, you know, cutting the long cardio, Oh, people will just cut, you know, they'll just freak out. And I'm like, Oh, I, you know, is it a hard and fast rule? No, there's women that run into their 50s, you know, fifties, sixties, and don't have Mm -hmm. an issue. Mm -hmm. But if you have already a lot of other stress in your life, and just you're you're constantly living under a lot of stress, which most women do. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you've got teenage kids, you're running them around, you've got you know jobs, you got all this stuff going on, or you're taking care of elderly parents or whatever. Then you add that, it's just like kind of like that's just what you know kind of brings you to the tipping point. And mm-hmm. so it's you know, for people who already have a lot of stress, we don't need to add any more stress. We need really need to reduce stress.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay so you're doing 20 30 minutes of hit and then you're then you're moving on to your weights.
1: Yeah, so I do them separate I separately. I don't do it at the same time. So I do like my um my weight training usually a, a couple days a week in the morning, a couple days a week it's in the afternoon, and then my my hit cardio I do it at a separate time. So cuz I'm in the weight when I do weights it takes me 45 minutes to an hour. So I don't really have time to like Back cardio on top of you know top of that, and I do hit cardio two to, you know two to three times a week. So
0: okay, so let's, so that's back. Yeah. So car okay, so cardio is just two to three times a week. So that's very manageable, incredibly manageable. Your hit cardio, and then your weight training forty five minutes. How many times a week? Yeah,
1: I forty five minutes to an hour, um, okay. and. I do that five days a week. So I do okay. three lower body days, two upper body days, and then the other thing that's really big for me is just movement. Like, you, like get out there and get some steps every day. You know, um, your overall movement during the day is what's really going to account for your calorie burn. Because your workout's just a short part of your day. But yeah. if you work out and then you sit the rest of the day, you're really probably not going to burn that much many calories in the mm-hmm. day. And you know, ultimately we, in order to maintain our weight, you know, we have to be at, you know, either a maintenance or, or, you know, a little bit of a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight. So if you aren't moving a lot during the day, you need to move a little bit more, you know, even if you have a desk job, like try to set like a timer to get up, you know, every 30 Mm -hmm. minutes and make a lap around the office or, you know, do, you know, do something so that, you know, park as far as you can, you know, when you go to the grocery store or whatever, so that you're moving and you're getting, you know, that those extra steps during the day. So I always aim for like, I, I aim for 10,000. Sometimes I don't always hit it. Sometimes I go over. So, but that's, um, that's, you know, I, I kind of do work on like my steps too. just movement is really great. And, and it's walking is great for bringing down stress and bringing down cortisol. Hmm.
2: So I read this book one time and I I don't even remember how I found this. I think it was like in the 99 cent Kindle clear. I don't know how I found this book. I think it was self-published, but it was called Never Take the or Always Take the Stairs. and mm-hmm. And it was about like success and getting up. And it said, you know, anyway, it was all about success and business and whatever, but like the guy was a little bit, um, I felt like he was a little bit bossy, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "I never take the escalator; and I always take the stairs." And so it was a nice book. I shouldn't throw him under the bus. It was, it was, there was a lot. But there's I mean, two to I mean,
1: that. I I rarely take the I rarely take the escalator. So well, I but it was
2: the the fact that this guy said, "Like I never do it," I was like, "Well, I'm never going to do it." I. It was like Uh, a challenge that like someone uh put in front of me. I, I always take the stairs. Oh,
0: I do too. My husband makes me. Yeah. And like literally not because he makes me, but like when we're in an airport and usually we are, and we always have to carry on our luggage, he literally will not take the escalator, but then he just grabs his like huge heavy, you know, carry on heavy
1: bag and totes it up the stairs and like leaves. That's about the only time I take the escalator is at the the airport, but yeah. Even in hotels, a lot of times they're like, we've done cruises and stuff. And I'm like, you could take the elevator and I'm like, we could be like on the ninth, you know, 10th floor. And I'm like, no, we're taking the stairs because you know, you're on vacation. We're eating more. Like, we Yeah. Have we you're do on a
2: cruise it's and it's a free ice cream station every five minutes. Yeah, so, you know, you, exactly. You are, that is am yeah, taking place. the
1: stairs a lot more. <laughs>
2: you are always taking the stairs. Okay. What about supplements? Cause this, I have to tell you and listeners, I'm sorry if you're like me, because I hear supplements and my eyes start to gloss over I don't know why it's like, seems intimidating to me. It seems like I need to get a degree in it to even try to make a small change. I don't know, help me, help me get manageable. And like, let's talk about how our supplement needs change. than say the multivitamin that I'm giving to my husband versus
1: the perimenopausal woman in the home. Right. Um, so, you know, during perimenopause, you know, th- there are supplements that definitely can help, um, you know, and but it's knowing the right ones to take. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because what one person might need, another person might not. Like, okay, you know, y- you might be, you know, high in estrogen, you know, but, um, you know, Kristen might be low in est- estrogen. So, Wait, how do need, we find you know, that out? How different- would
2: we know who, which one of us is high okay. estrogen, which okay. one's low? Right.
1: So, will- I use when I'm like when I'm working with my clients, I use you know, two different things. One symptoms can tell me a lot about kind of what it looks like your hormones are going, but I, but I also like labs to back that up. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I usually do, I usually, you know, I give my clients a list of labs that, you know, I suggest them taking or taking and getting in, and, and then um, I kind of compare that to their symptoms because labs again are just a snapshot of what's going on with your hormones that day, you know, symptoms tell me what's kind of going on all the time. So so from there, then I can, you know, decipher like, okay, you, you know, it looks like you, your estrogen is, you know, low or your progesterone's low. Let's try this supplement. Um, you know, oh, it's high. Okay, we need to do these things things, plus we need to do these lifestyle things too. So it's more than just the supplement, it's lifestyle changes too, or diet, you know, things um foods that help or foods that hurt, you know, for those certain hormones. So okay, um, so if our
2: listeners are listening to this and when we said those symptoms, they were like, Oh my gosh, that sounds like me. Who, how do they get how do they get um a hormone test is that like you go to the doctor? you go to your doctor and they do a yeah work. you go
1: to you go to your doctor um what do you say is there a secret is...
2: password because sometimes they're like yeah no weird I know. About...
1: sometimes doctors no a lot of doctors don't want to do it why that's what i feel more. like i
2: didn't want to say that but i feel like they're for some reason like just like no you just need to like
1: yeah
0: it's so annoying so you i didn't
1: exercise more and eat less
0: yeah that's <laughs> what they say what, no it's crazy I had to beg for a hormone panel Why? I said Why I had are to beg for it. well cuz insurance doesn't cover it um sometimes and like unless there's a medical reason for it and so they don't like to write it it's almost like the doctors have gotten burned for like writing opioids you know there's almost a thing of like right. they they don't they they get dinged if they write too many hormone tests cuz it looks like they're writing unnecessary tests but mm-hmm. I I think it's like a stigma we probably have to get around but I guess Laura to your point so I I got on the I I kind of bought into this. I thought maybe there's something to this. So I went, I finally convinced my doctor to do a hormone panel and it came back and I got this answer of like, well, everything's absolutely normal and in range. Just eat and less say and more." Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that can't be right. Like, I get right. it. Okay. The blood work has come back, but everything that you're describing, you know, you know, to right. some. I feel to- like there's a secret
1: handshake exactly. that gets you the well, real one.
0: Like, what's so, the thing we have to no, tell them?
1: It's, it's also, this is the deal with doctors the doctors look at labs different than, you know, someone like, you know, myself, who, you know, is more like a holistic practitioner or, a fun, you know, a functional medicine doctor, integrative um, medicine doctor, they're going to look at labs differently. So, you know, a regular doctor is going to look at it, and they're going to go, oh, it looks like it's in the, oh, everything looks like it's in the normal range. And you have to remember that most doctors, I mean, if they're a general practitioner, they probably have very, very little, I don't want to say say this in the wrong way, but like, I don't want to say like, they have tons of education, but in a lot of different things, right? Right. right. So they might not really specialize in hormones. Mm-hmm. So, um, unless you're working with like an endocrinologist, that's what they specialize in. Right. So, um, so a regular doctor might just go look at the lab and go, okay, everything looks like it's in the normal range. But, you know, I look at things and I, I, I look at like, is it in the optimal range or is it in balance? You know, so you could have your estrogen and progesterone be both being in the, in the, um, normal range, mm. but they might be out of balance. So one might be higher than the other, you know, and so therefore that's what's causing all the, you know, hormonal symptoms that you're having. So I take, I look at things a little bit differently. You can, in, in a lot of States, get your own lab. That's um, what but, I was going to
2: ask. Cause I feel like there are so mm-hmm. many like websites where you yeah. can order. Okay. Yeah, you
1: can. The problem is, um, <laughs> like New York, New Jersey, you, you can't. So, um, yeah, but a lot of States you can order your own labs. So I just like help my clients order their labs and they just, you know, forge me. I mean, you have to pay it, you know, you have to pay it out of pocket yourself, but it's worth it because they have that knowledge of what, you know, what's going on or even have a a base point, like, you know, at your age or where you're at, that way you can Mm -hmm. see, you know, you test them again, five years later, you can see where you're, you know, where you've gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I hate to spend stupid money. So what you're saying is like,
2: Supplements, because supplements can get expensive. So basically, like, right. you shouldn't, are you saying it's smarter not to get supplements until you've, until you know exactly what you, yeah,
1: you I would not get supplements know. for things that you don't even maybe necessarily need, you know, because it, it, it can be wasteful. I mean, there's certain supplements, I think that are beneficial to, you know, everyone like I, you know, I think, you know, a omega, a three, like supplement, a, a, probiotic, you know, you know, things like that, magnesium, um, those are all supplements I think can be beneficial to everyone, but then there's other supplements that maybe we would use specifically for hormones that you may not need, or you may take it in because you actually didn't need it. It could, you know, start having a more negative effect. So yeah, so you definitely with certain, with certain supplements, you got to know whether you need them. Gotcha. And how, and you really think the supplements could be a game changer? Like, is it, it's worth it? Um, I definitely think that they can help. Not, not probably more than um, lifestyle and diet. I mean, okay. I think lifestyle and diet is probably the bigger, you know, you can't take a supplement. It's just like taking medication. It, you yeah. know, it's people want to put a band-aid. Yeah. They want to put a band aid. They want the easy, like, okay, you know, I'm just going to take this and it's going to, but if you don't change anything else, the supplements are probably not going to work you know, nearly as well as they would, if you made the other changes to go along with it.
2: See, that's why I like you, Laura, because like, you're not, yeah, you're, it's, it's, this is good. You're like, yeah, there's no snake oil people. Like you actually have to like go to the gym. Exactly. Once, and, and yeah, it's okay. And, and yeah, also for our exactly. listeners,
0: Laura's like fitness trainer to the stars. Are you in LA or where are you? you're in California? No, I, no,
1: I'm, in I'm, yeah, I'm in Southern California. I'm in yeah. Temecula and um, yeah, I don't even do like, I, you know, I don't, I'm actually not a like fitness trainer anymore where I actually, I used to have a studio here, um, but I don't anymore. I, 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 after COVID I actually went completely online. And so I do, you know, all of, I work with women like all over the world now and, and fitness is just one small part of it. I mean, you know, I think the bigger part that I really help women with is their hormones and their nutrition, because that's mm-hmm. to me, that's like totally my, my passion.
0: Do you think, sorry, I meant I meant fitness in that overarching broad bubble of a child raised in the eighties, um, this is everything you're ta- discussing. Um, but does that mean, so would you say again, that like what you, the fitness is the key that, sorry, the nutrition component Is like eighty percent, and the fitness is twenty percent. I've heard that a lot more lately. It's like it's all about what you're eating versus, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, they're both important. You need them both, but um, nutrition, you know, nutrition and lifestyle, they totally that those would trump um, fitness. You know, fitness. You need the fitness, but you know, if somebody said, oh, I I could only do one thing, you know, it would be it would be the nutrition. I, I mean, I've worked with plenty of women that have come with me, come to me that were looking at weight loss and they had something going on that they actually couldn't like exercise. They could walk, but they couldn't physically, you know, lift weights or they had something going on at that point in time, the doctor told them they could, you know, whatever and done well and been very successful in, you know, in losing the, you know, losing the weight, um, just based on nutrition and, you know, lifestyle. So you can do it. Um, but again, you're going to maybe, you know, you're going to be just a smaller version of yourself. You're still kind of, you know, maybe not going to have quite the body composition you want until you can actually incorporate the, the weights in there too. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like I've also had to change my mindset because I used to be more of a runner. I was never, I've never been fast and I've never run a marathon, but I used to do half marathons and I loved them and I loved my run. And it was totally like my mind, it, it felt it was like my meditation. It just felt really like mentally. Mm-hmm. It brought me joy, you know, um. And and part of me was like, I don't want to give that up, but, um, but yeah, walking like walking like, become that walking. That was like, a It's walking, and then yeah, I feel like the power is. of lifting. So it's like also just sort mm-hmm. of rebranding myself to myself of like exactly. Hey, you're not a runner, but like you've never been a lifter before. Look at you now.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, I love like if I just start to feel a little bit stressed, or I've just got you know. I just I love walking. I mean, first of all, it's great just to get outside to get that fresh air, be in nature, you know, our body needs some sunlight and, you know, so I love I love getting out and walking and I I'll get out and walk and I'll listen to podcasts, you know, and I I will, you know, just kind of just it's just like a relaxing, you know, time for me.
2: Okay, well if there's we're about done but I have to we brought up the R word, which is controversial. Let's bring up mm-hmm. the A word. People have these social lives and they feel like everywhere we go, it's like, would you like a glass of wine? Mm -hmm.
1: It's impossible. It is. I mean, okay. I live in the wine country. So, you know, (laughs) that's what we do here, you know, is you Mm -hmm. go to the winery every weekend. Yeah. There's not, you know, that's just kind of the social thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I think again, getting back to balance, um, you know, there's room for alcohol unless you wanted, you know, unless you're training to be do a fitness competition, you know, you probably want to, you know, cut it out. But I do think that women rely too much on alcohol. Um, It becomes more than just a social thing, you know, where they're drinking every evening, you know, it becomes a thing for them to wind down. And um, that's where I think it starts to become an issue, it starts to really affect not only your weight, but your your hormones. Um, And, and so, Socially, I think it's fine to have a couple drinks on the weekend. I, you know, I usually, my rule, like usually that, I don't want to say rule, but like what I, my guidance I give my clients is try to keep it to two drinks on the, you know, on the weekend. I know that's hard, but, um, you know, you go much more than that and it just has some that it, it affects your sleep and just has, you know, some negative effects. So, um, you know, I do prefer, even though, like I said, I live in the wine country, um, if I do have the choice of what I'm going to drink, I'm going to go more towards like a tall club soda with lemons and lime squeezed in it. And, you know, and either, you know, like a shot of vodka in there or tequila. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I go something a little bit lighter and I, um, if I don't want to drink and I'm like around a bunch of people, I will like I've, there's been times where I have been like, I'm not going to drink for, you know, a few weeks or whatever. I'll bring a kombucha with me to the winery and actually pour it in a wine glass. So I feel like I'm, you know, participating along with everybody, but right. I'm actually not drinking. So yeah, just bring yeah something. Well, and I'm That's glad fun. to
2: hear, I mean, I, I feel like the problem is too, is like with women. Like, the, the bad, naughty drink for men is beer, and the bad mm-hmm. – although, although and the, it's for women, and I know it's just pure sugar. And you know what is actually terrible is I was never a beer drinker, and now breweries have gotten so good. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, now I like beer. For the first two in my life, I'm like, you know what? What's, I, <laughs> no, because beer's gotten so good. It's not
1: <laughs> – like, it's yeah. not, like, oh my gosh. No, beer no, you know what it is? It is, is? I
2: went yeah. to Maine, and in Maine, they have all these breweries. So, Maine would be has like the um, Dana, if you're listening, we had so much fun, but but um, Maine has these cool breweries, like you would have wineries in California, and it was so fun. But I yeah. just I do feel like beer has become very crafty and very good. But yeah, oh, yeah. I do feel like with wine, it's just because every time I give up wine what I realized is I don't think I have a sweet tooth. And then it's like, Oh no, no, no. You have a sweet tooth. It's that you mm-hmm. it's a wine, wine tooth. to satisfy it. Right. And it's just sugar, which is so unfortunate because it is delicious, but
1: yes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like I always notice too, like if I drink wine, I sleep horribly. Totally. And, um, and especially I had to give up red wine years ago. Like, I mean, I'd have hot flashes and things like that. And I don't normally like really, you know, have a lot of hot flashes or things, but I drink red wine and I go to, you know, I wake up about two in the morning and it's like, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. (laughs) wide awake. And, and so, um, I do find that like, yeah, I do a little bit better on like, you know, especially too, if I'm doing like a tall club soda, so it's still like, it's a lot of liquid with it. It takes me longer to drink it. And so, um, I just, I always feel a little bit better on that than I do on wine. Wine is like, I get a headache the next day. And, you know, if I overdo it, you know, so.
0: Well, Laura, you've been again, so it's moderation
2: and, and being sensible. Exactly. I everything. Yeah.
1: Everything, everything in balance.
0: Absolutely. Laura, you have been just absolutely wonderful. I feel like we've learned a great amount. Thank you for just listening to us vent and kind of guiding us through. Hopefully our listeners have enjoyed
1: it as well. I'm sure they have. Laura, um, if we want just... to learn more about you, what's your website? My website is um, www.agelesswomensociety.com slash home. Well, I'm on board with ageless
2: women.
1: I know. So you, I like, that's kind of cool. It sounds like a club. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, so you that's just what I'm trying to teach women. Like we're, you know what? We, you know, we, the age does not define us. So absolutely.
0: Well, I think that's the biggest thing is to not to be defined by age, but thank you so much for sharing your time and talent with us today and for being a guest on Welcome Home.
1: Yeah, I learned a lot. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Have a great day. You too. And that's all we have from Kirsten and Graham. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Welcome Home.
2: If you're interested in hearing more from the iconic best friend duo, please subscribe, tell your friends about us, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for giveaways and other exciting updates. Until next time, welcome home.